we're back. Hey, Matty. How are you? Cool, brother. Podcast change, podcast studio change for the day. Change number four or five, probably, at this rate. It is. I think this is probably the most stylish. Your lounge room. Oh, no, what are we? This is a... Oh, in a way. house is this? Oh, oh kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Footscray for those listening at home, so it's, uh, it's a changing suburb. It was good. It was, a, it was a relatively long drive as well. I thought Hawthorne was um, closer for some reason. In my mind, because I've been out in the country for the last couple of couple of years, I just assumed, like when someone says Footscray and Hawthorne, I just hear I live in the city. Yeah. So it took me 35 minutes to drive over here today. I thought, man, this is... The worst thing is it's probably about 8, 10K in a straight line. Yeah. But just the traffic and the roads, they kill you sometimes. I honestly reckon if I had to put on a pair of flats and been five years ago and ran a PB... I would have been at your house faster than my car got me here. If you had it, it was a nice day. Getting on a bike would have been a good option even just because, you know, you can actually weave in and out of traffic quite a bit. It's good bike paths too around going towards the city. So, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I was on the Monash. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> just jumping that little side, uh, side of it. What's been going on, man? How you been since then? When did we last catch up? I think it was two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, about two weeks ago. No, I've been good. Been sort of maintaining the fitness levels at the moment. Just uh, dealing with a few old man injuries and... <laughs> just just chronically sore Achilles. Just it's uh, no fun. I'll, I only ran 4K yesterday and I was getting out of bed this morning, had a bit of a sleep in, and it was my Achilles, I feel crunchy. It's the only way to describe it. It's just yeah. I remember having a chat with Joel Birmingham a few years ago and he was telling me, Yeah, watch out as you get older and I've uh, I didn't take any of his advice and do some strengthening exercises and I think I'm paying for it now. Well, I caught up with um I caught up with Adam Diddy out at the 50k roadwalk championships this morning and yeah. he was saying the same thing. It's yeah. like um it's like mate I've got a sore Achilles. I said yeah I remember you told me back in 2006 that it was sore. He goes that's no, the other side. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not throwing him under the bus and calling him an old man, but it does seem that. The older you get, I'm still not happy with the fact you're referring to yourself as an old man nah, at it, 30. It is interesting though, because I'll go, I went for a 10k jog this morning and I was planning on going a bit longer, you know, 15 plus, but I sort of wasn't feeling it. And it, you know, so I did 10k in about, you know, 43 minutes or something this morning. So a decent pace, but it takes 8k to come good. What, your Achilles? Yeah. So it's like, it's pain, pain, pain. I get about 8k in and there's enough load and, you know, you know it's warmed up enough and then it, it sort of goes and, yeah, last half of my runs are really, really comfortable, and the first half are just shocking. And I think that's a bit of a <laughs> it's a bit of a sign that things aren't going great with the old body at the moment. But Damn it! That just explains how I feel on a run as well. But I thought I was just warming up. <laughs> <laughs> you are a year older than me, so you bum. <laughs> I feel fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny that you're. It, it's really strange to me, and <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of uh, older listeners are going to be offended at the fact you're referring yourself as an old man at thirty. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it's just funny though, because the top, you know, I got playing footy this year. I had a disc injury in my back, and just the way that was described to me was, you know, <laughs> my physio sort of explained the uh, damage that discs can get as you age. What's that? Some of the cartilage stuff in between the what, yeah, brave yeah, crushed down a little bit. I'm not sure if cartilage is the right word, but I it's feel like it's definitely not the right. But, word. <laughs> Physio was saying as you get older, like you get these nicks and cuts and they sort of start to deteriorate. So the injuries that any damage that you can get from, let's say, twisting and lifting in the wrong motion just get exacerbated. And um, yeah, I was whippersnippering and I um, just <laughs> bad posture, you know, hunched over, trying to get all the corners in my front yard and I struggled to move for about a fortnight. That was earlier this year and it's only just started to come good. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, just fun stuff like well, that. Well, I think the lesson that you take out of that is you should never do your own lawn. <laughs> Manual labour. No go. go. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to turn on a whipper snipper. So, um, I feel like you deserved it. <laughs> That'll then, teach me. What? So, I reckon you said you were you ran it at 43 minutes this morning. Yeah. You ran your, you ran your stuff fast. I yeah. think for someone who's not training for anything in particular, I always look at your Strava and I'm... I'm pretty impressed. Like, I, you, you definitely run your longer stuff faster than I run my longer stuff. I think we went through this the other week, but I, I, I'm running 40 to 50K a week. At the yeah, moment. okay. If I double that, my average pace would dramatically drop down. But I just feel like, why not? Mm. If I'm going out for a 10K run on a Sunday and that's, you know, not a, obviously a huge distance, I may as well turn it into a, almost a tempo. I feel like I get more out of it. And, um, you know, you're time poor. Everyone, you know, wants to do something else and... I just, yeah, feel like I can. My body's holding up to it fine. I know I've been joking that it hasn't, but I genuinely feel like it does. Like, I recover really well. I bounce back. I'll be fine. I feel fine now. But yeah. Yeah, just why not? And it looks better on Strava. Absolutely. Ever since I started on Strava, like, the, the thought has just been in the back of my mind, like, okay, I know I don't need to go this fast. Yeah. But Maddie's going to see it. And it's going to look a little bit more impressive. 
and Ali Pashley is still breaking all my records. <laughs> so I get all inspired. I wish I didn't know where segments were because I reckon every run I go out on now, I seem to be having a crack at a segment. Have you got any? No. Oh, I've got some. So I was backpacking for about eight months last year and I made it sort of my mission to try to get a segment in every country I went to. And so I've got some really good ones. Like I've got this one randomly. Like I was um I was in a city called Luang Prabang in Lao. Anyway, that's a decent city. There's an international airport there. But we jumped on a bus and went eight hours north to this town in the middle of nowhere. And I get on Strava and I'm like, oh, there's a segment here. It's like, you know, 600 meters long. And the uh, the segment was, all I needed to do was run like four minute 40s. Awesome. So I just went out and hammered it and smashed it. <laughs> Half the current, the winning time. And, um, and every time I look, oh, I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. So I've got a couple in Laos and I was really filthy because I was in an island off the south of Cambodia. The other day, I'm walking in High Point Shopping Center with my partner, Beck, and um, I get this notification flash up on my phone. Someone stole my segment from the island's called Korong. It's this tiny island. It's Nothing's there. And I'm like... You can't just go out the next day and try to take it back. So <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a bummer. Oh, Strava, Strava issues. Yeah, I got a um, I got a mate in. Uh, it's actually my brother-in-law's brother-in-law, who lives in who lives in the states, and he's um, yep. he's just recently discovered his love for middle distance running or distance running. And some of I started following him, and this this bloke is a uh, like he's a he's a veteran. He's probably he's only. 38 or yeah. something like that and he's discovered his love for, for running and so he's a really intense dude yeah. um, and, and I mean that as a compliment yeah. he goes out and, and just absolutely smashes some of the most yeah. insane so how's this for a story um, I was speaking to uh, Sam my brother-in-law yep. the other day <laughs> and he was saying that David bloke I'm talking about flew to um, he flew to Hawaii yeah. um, just to do some massive big mountain runs and try and try and have a crack at some of the uh, yuck some of the Strava segments, and I yeah. looked yuck. The views at the top yeah. of the runs that he was doing were incredible. But anyway, yeah, Strava is definitely some incentive making your your runs public to to get some good times. There is if you do it properly, but I think mine aren't silly. So I'm not going out there and trying to run a 5K time trial every day. But a couple of blokes I play footy with, and I won't name names just in case the off chance that they do happen to listen <laughs> yeah. to a running podcast. But there's this one bloke I play footy with, lovely guy, and I'm looking at his Strava, and he'll run three times a week, right? But he'll go out and he'll run a, uh, a 3K time trial three times a week in 10 minutes flat. He's a fit dude. Like, it's impressive. If anyone out there, if you can run, you know, three-minute 20s for 3Ks, it's a, it's a decent effort. Like, you can't do that off – not many people can do that off the couch. But I look at that and I'm like, why? And why, why do you think he is? Is it just because no one's really given many guidance on – I think so. Yeah. I, I definitely think so. I reckon, like, you know – Maybe it's just like that mentality that we've talked about where some blokes just think they need to go out there and um, and literally mm. finish on the floor. But um, it is hard. But, you know, sometimes I cop a bit of flack from some people, but for me, four minutes, 16s is okay. Like aerobically, I'm fine. What, you mean you cop flack because it's too fast? Yeah, so some people will see the run, the pace that I'm doing and, and think that that's, a, that's ridiculously quick, but I'm aerobically okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm getting out. I've at least got the thought process. I know I could slow up and I'd be a lot more comfortable and it'd just be nice, easy if I was going closer to five minutes. But yeah, just don't. Do you feel like you would be more comfortable? It's always interesting. I was chatting to your brother. I think I might have mentioned this as well. Yeah. Trina says that he feels a lot better when he goes out and just runs at a quicker pace. Oh, yeah. I sort of know what you mean, but, um, yeah, you, you, yeah. you touched on it. Like I think if you're doing a hundred K a week, you maybe have to be disciplined. And yeah. Go, All right. Well, we back it off a bit. Yeah, definitely. But if you're doing a couple of runs a week and you're trying to make it like a session, it makes perfect sense. I run it six times a week. I'll take Fridays off or another, occasionally a different day as well. But like, so I run six, six times a week, you know, 45 to 50 K a week. I can afford to. It's, you know, it's enough recovery there for my body. And, you know, I've, both you and I, we've run big miles in the past. So when you are dropping it back down to 50K a week, it's not much in the scheme of things. Mm. So it is nice to be able to sort of, you know, get out there and, I don't know, it's fun running fast too. Have you looked at my Strava the last couple of weeks? I did. I'm impressed. Good. There's an upwards trend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there is. I was a bit worried there for a while. I was thinking, <laughs> I love actually the one thing I love about your Strava is yeah. your first K out the door. So Mate, slow. It's like five minute forty sometimes. I was cruising. It's a really good <laughs> Irwin Road's a really beautiful street. I was giving you, the, thing. giving you the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, oh surely you see the couple of stoplights and not not pause no. the garment. But no, it's just there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just feels like the right thing to do. I yeah. honestly I was looking at my Strava today. I ran eighteen K for my long run, which yeah. is where I'm at at the moment. I'm just gonna hover there for a couple of weeks. You'll get fit to <laughs> that though. 
it, I'm, I'm just trying to be as consistent yeah. as I can. Yeah. I actually, I bloody picked up a, like last Sunday, I ran 18Ks as well. Yeah. And you know that feeling where you're on the brink of maybe getting sick? Yep. I, I, I had a little bit of that feeling. So I took a couple of days off and I thought, all right, as long as I'm back, I just want to make my main focus. Look, there's, there's six months. I'll tell, yeah. you, I'll, I'll tell you about my plan for the marathons that I'm going to run. But there's six months left until the first marathon I want to do. So there's absolutely no need for me to hurry. Like if I start, it'd be dumb for me to start running 30Ks off pretty much no training the oh, last few months. You, well, you'd peak too early. You'd probably have to find something a bit earlier on to race at. Like I've read a lot of the books and you see some people doing 10, 11, 12-week marathon build-ups. So if you think of that as like a three-month build-up, you've got three months to continue to build your base and then start that really marathon-specific, you know, sessions or workouts and get yourself to where you need to be. You've got time. Like just... Well, I just, I just personally really enjoy the freedom. I was, uh, I was mm. trying to explain to you where I was running this morning, out along, sort of out along the back of Yarra Bend Golf Course. Yeah. Um, and there's like thousands of bats just hanging around in the trees yeah, up there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's uh, like if you're not terrified of bats, I kept having these freak outs that the bats were all going to turn in <laughs> and start attacking me on my run today, um, which, which made it a lot more scary. But if you forget that, it's like a, it's a really beautiful trail that follows along um, that – pretty much right yeah. next to the Yarra. Yeah. It's fairly flat, really. There's a couple of little hills. And I just think for where I'm at, it's just a, it's a really nice sort of um, in, endurance endurance builder or aerobic builder. Yeah. So I'm going to run – actually, I'm interested to talk to you about this because I want to know – I want to, I want some uh, some Matty Williams feedback, <laughs> some thoughts. Um, so I'm turned into Marathon Man next year. I'm going to run the, I'm going to run the Brisbane Marathon yeah. in uh, – I've already told you that. I think you did, yeah. I'm going to run the Brisbane Marathon. It turns out it's in June. June. So I thought it was April. It's a really good month, though, for um, Brisbane. I reckon. Considering weather-wise up there, it's you, you pretty much guaranteed a nice day, but for them, that'll be one of their more milder months. So yeah. you're not going to have 30-degree days, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So on the podcast with Sean Crichton, he, he – and I, I totally ignored his challenge when he said <laughs> it, and I still am not really fussed yep. about it. He set me the target. He goes, all right, try and beat my time that I just set for the 50-plus record at some stage in the next few years, yeah. which is 229, 23 or something. And I, when he said that, I was like, I'm not interested, whatever. Oh, you're capable, but I think you need to give yourself more than 12 months build-up. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And I've honestly, like the, the competitive years of me trying to be a, a sort of elite with my running, they're gone. I'm not yeah. worried about that. Yeah. Um, but just the idea of going out and just seeing that gradual improvement, there's something attractive about that. I yeah. still like that idea. Yeah. And the training, I love. Like any, It's very different to the training we used to do when we were racing around the track. I, yeah. I sort of like the idea of getting out in the bush and having a run around and um, just, you know, you feel like, yeah, you feel like you just chill out because you're out in nature for a couple of hours or an hour and a half. Um, yeah, the lack of structure to it's nice. Like, you know, we look at some of the staple sessions that you know you get your fit. Like, let's just say you got six by a K or something like that. So the other day I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind doing a few intervals and I just randomly did three minutes on, one minute off. And, you know, just that less structure just takes the stress away from actually looking at it as a session. Yeah. I know it's not going to be a K because I was running about three minute twenties for the efforts on and it was just like a really nice way to do it. And it, it is a good part of your running life when you can – take that pressure off and just go out there and run and go hard when you want to go hard. And I had a session like that yeah. this week. I, I think it was a 9K run. And yep. just as I started the run, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? Rather than just jogging, yep. I'm going to just put in five 30-second efforts just with 30-second sort of jog recovery. Yep. And um, my little buzzer went off, and I reckon it was the fastest kilometer I'd done in 18 months <laughs> at 3.47. And I felt I've never had such a strut in my step about running the 3.47K. <laughs> well, it is important to get that um that um speed though in, in some of those sessions because otherwise I think you can get yourself into a rut where you've got your pace, you lock into it. I think you need to be comfortable running fast, especially for what the goals that you've got in mind. So this is really interesting because one of my good mates who lives in Sydney, yeah. um, Scott Higgins, yeah. is uh, he's going to run the Brisbane Marathon with me. So yeah. he recently ran, I can't remember, I think it was the Sydney Marathon. Yeah, it was the Sydney Marathon, his first ever marathon. Yeah. Um, he ran three hours twenty three. Okay, and he goes, mate. Oh, I felt brilliant. I was. Yeah, that was the first one I'd ever done. I went out very conservative. Yeah. Um, so he set himself the the goal. He goes, all right. I want to. I want to try and break three hours. Um, <clears throat> which I think when you're so new to the marathon, like massive chunks mm. of time like that, if you if you hit a good one, is is possible. Mm. So uh, the approach that he's taken. I was talking to him the other day is he wants to just start building up his 10K speed, his 5K speed, his 10K speed. And then once he gets that speed, he's interested in extending the, the distance that he runs um, and take confidence from the fact that he's, um, his speed's increased. 
Whereas I'm doing the complete opposite. Like I think, which is what I'd recommend. I interesting. Think, yeah. So I'm. What I'm really interested to to see is is just how our training yeah. um, towards this marathon kind of goes. I like the idea psychologically of going. All right, I've got a lot of K's in my yeah. in my legs. I've got a lot of um, aerobic fitness, um, and just trust that. Like my, my I know my speed's still relatively good. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be really interesting just to watch that. We might even keep tabs on it, on yeah. his progress towards it because I think he's he's probably like a bloke who runs. Like if you nailed a good one, you could probably run thirty six high or thirty seven low or something for a ten k. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It is interesting. I think the danger that you, you there's a lot of dangers with sort of approaching training that way. In my opinion, I'd much rather like you know someone like yourself go out there and do like a lot of tempo sessions at your goal marathon pace. You know what we used to call probably threshold runs. Be less you know worried about your heart rate data and whatnot, and go out there and just lock into you know four fifteens and. Do you know four by five minutes at that you know goal marathon pace? Extend out from there whilst keeping the rest of your training pretty stable and consistent. Yeah, because um, I think that'll be the challenge for you as well. Because you know we know right now you could go smash a decent ten k just off your base, you know fitness, natural talent. Mm-hmm. But how comfortable are you at four fifteens? And yeah. you haven't probably run locked into that pace for a while. So it'll be interesting sort of tailor how you tailor a bit of that because as much as you love loving jogging, I think there'll be a few key sessions that you might need to hit in the lead up, a few good long runs and a few good, you know, hard interval sessions as well around that pace. Yeah, what kind of what kind of key sessions would you think? Because so I totally agree. And I yeah. like the idea. I've said on here before that we're not sure last time. It was just like, I'm like, I'm a good runner. Oh, yeah. I can do a 30K long run and it's an extra 12K. Even though I heard... <laughs> Like the best yep. of the best talk about how halfway is thirty k. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this would be an exception, and I learned the hard way that I wasn't. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to not only building my my runs up to a couple of months out, trying to hit thirty five k's in a few like maybe a few consistent weeks, just to get used to that that significant distance. But also, I'm I'm going to adjust how I'm doing my sessions. I'm not going to yep. be doing three sessions or two sessions a week. No. I think I'm going to do a, a a Wednesday session, which is almost like your threshold longer kind of session. Yeah. And then um, every now and then, just use my Sunday run as an opportunity just to just to run a tempo or a marathon pace. One thing I really like, and I noticed that even at the moment, about fifteen k's or so. Mind you, today was an exception. I felt felt really good. Yeah. Um, the last couple of weeks, I hit fifteen k, sixteen k, and noticed that okay, well, I'm actually a little bit tired. Yeah. I like the idea um, of going out for a training run, and then say when I'm at the peak of marathon training after 90 minutes going, all right, for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to run at my marathon goal pace. I was just going to suggest that. Like mm-hmm. going out and running 20K Perfect. and then locking in for 10K at your 415s, which is what you want to hit for your first marathon. Yeah. And I think the way you can, you know, because it gives you that fatigue. So you're going out there and trying to lock into your marathon pace when you're tired. Mentally, that's a boost. If you can do that with that like little bit of the fatigue, there's no focus on nutrition either in the lead up to that. You're not going to be taking gels. So, you know, that's a bit of another mental thing that you can add in also on race day. Maybe even don't even do that in what in your flats or whatever shoes you're thinking of racing. You just mm. go out there and do it knowing that there's these extra steps that you can take. And if you can comfortably and feel good doing that, there's confidence in that. Yeah. yeah I think there's real merit for, um, you know, picking up the tail end of long runs. It's funny you mentioned yeah. gels. I'm, I'm really off gels. Yeah. I'm why, really like, I, I, I definitely don't doubt that they're, they're good yeah. when it comes to a, um, like when it comes to a marathon, it's just maintaining your, your energy levels. But I just, I just feel so, and I know it's a little bit um, hit and miss as to who they work for or who can handle them. Maybe my guts is a bit weak because I just feel I felt horrible yeah. when I when I had them in the lead up to the Melbourne Marathon in twenty eighteen or whatever yeah. it was. So you need something, I think, is the answer to that. But well, what it is is there's a few different options. So I think there's this new brand of um, gel company called Morton or Morton. I'm not sure how they pronounce it. Mm-hmm. So they're available pretty easily in Australia now. And I know they're a little bit heavier and people might think that that sounds a bit harder to consume, but the theory is that they don't bounce around in your stomach. Yeah, bounce so, around is exactly what yeah. the gels that I was using do. They're so there's, I've only heard really good things from this company, but you need to be taking something. I, I think to get the most out of yourself like and just to prolong that, you really need to be taking glucose or some form mm. of sugar throughout I think I'm going to get Jesse on the on the bike. I noticed yeah. last year at the Melbourne Marathon, Mitch Frey had had Rachel, his his wife, um, yeah. on the bike yep. at like 10k or 18k. Yep. She was just handing him just a drink. Yeah, and I think like the idea of just a drink, just with water and and, and some electrolyte mixed yeah. in, it just sounds it sounds so much 
better. Uh, I think I'd, that'll work a lot better for me. So I'm, I'm going to be trying to... Well, instead of electrolyte, I'll be looking for a carbohydrate. But what do you stuff. use? Yeah, what, what... Well, because electrolytes, they rehydrate, but there's no... You, you want carbohydrates in whatever form that you can take them in. There's a lot more science in this. But a gel is essentially, it's carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. And some of them have electrolytes and they'll have things like magnesium, sodium, which is obviously, if you think about why you sweat salty, you're just replacing that. And that's sort of what the reason behind like an isotonic electrolyte drink just replaces the same consistency, the sweat mm-hmm. that you lose. But um, yeah, for a marathon, that's not enough. There does need to be some carbohydrate intake. Um, you know, you hear stories back in the day of the old elites, you know, drinking flat Coke just because it's high in carbohydrate, mm-hmm. high in those sugars. Um, I think this is stuff you just got to experiment with. Yeah. Go out there for a session. Because I'm going to get Jesse to stand at 21 and yeah. a bowl of wheat mix. <laughs> well, good luck with that, mate. I'll tell you what. <laughs> now, yeah, you need to figure something out. So if you know gels aren't for you, that's a good starting point because mm-hmm. it's just like, well, you know what? Don't bother. And there might be some form of training that you can do to sort of psychologically learn to be comfortable with that feeling. But there's different types out there. I'll be trying all the different consistencies, different brands, seeing what sits well. Because um, I think definitely, like, for your first one, you know, I've got no doubt you can go run, you know, 259 mm. and do that without any nutrition but i think as you're trying to take it down i think the step after that will be when you'll notice it that you'll need to yeah yeah well that's the gauge i'm trying to take i'm gonna i'm gonna try and as you said i'm gonna try and hit 259 yeah. I'm just, but i'm just gonna go at a three hour pace yeah and if i feel great for the last 5k i'll, I'll just treat it as a wind it up yeah as an opportunity yeah. to maybe get a slightly quicker time yeah um and otherwise i'll just do my best to sneak under <laughs> But um, I'm and, and then with Melbourne, I'm, I'll probably have a bit more of a crack. I'll try and gauge a bit more realistically where I'm at there. Yeah, um, there'd be a big pacing group there too. Groups there as well. Just well, I remember them. last year there was you had your three hour group, your two fifty, two forty five. There was there was plenty of them. Yeah. Um, but I'm also really interested. Got some sick marathoners uh, coming on the show in the next couple of months. Yeah. I spoke to Jess Tringo the other day, and, and she's keen yeah. to come on. Ah, uh, good. Uh, I'm actually I'm going to be in South Australia in a, in a couple of months. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and you know I've got some questions actually for that. That interview potentially because she's just coming back from having a baby, yes. so that'll be a yeah. talking point about yeah, yeah. how she manages that. I know. I'm looking. I'm actually really looking forward <laughs> to talking to her about that herself. Yeah, um, myself and and Kane Corns is yeah. is another one who's just he said yeah, like he's <laughs> he's super keen to get on board, um, which is great because because he's sort of like the area that he yep. snuggles into is is right where my interests lie. Like I'm doing a lot of work with with a lot of local footy clubs here in Melbourne at the moment, and Kane's a bloke who's come from the footy scene. Yeah. Into the into the marathon running scene, so I'm going to be really keen to to pick the brains of athletes like Kane and he's a 2:34 marathoner and a 300 AFL gamer too. So he play, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's played 300 games. Yeah, he's um yeah. Speaking of bodies and sort of what they go through at a certain age, it'd be interesting to see how his body actually handles the rigors because he's worth a follow on Strava. Strava for anyone out there because I don't follow him yet, but well, as soon as I hit stop on this podcast, I'm going to jump yeah. on. Yeah, so he's coming back from an injury. I'm not sure the details of it, but um, in the lead up to that, like he was logging big miles. Like he was, and his training looked really impressive. You know, specifically for someone who's come to the sport at a really late age mm-hmm. after a long career in another elite sport. Um, particularly one which I wouldn't necessarily, you know, say, you know, meshes with each other. I wouldn't say most AFL players have potential to run mid-230 marathons. So it's, um, it's it's really impressive what he's done. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, I'm really I'm really looking forward to Piggy's brain on that. So yeah. uh, you're going to have to write down some good – because I always like uh, I always like the angle of questions. If you're free in January, bro, come to Adelaide and sit down with us because <laughs> it would be a good chat to have. But – I um I I met him sort of through uh through Adam Dick yeah because uh, he was training for the Melbourne Marathon at the same time I was yeah um so our schedule was just aligned a little bit with some yeah. of the training so I was keen to uh, try and get a little bit of bit of work done with him but it just it, it honestly blows my mind that uh, yeah you already sort of crossed over this point that he's he's run a two thirty four marathon it's yeah a pretty significant training I don't know if you can access his log there I'd love to hear about some of the sessions and stuff. That he was doing. Marathons are my favourite, my favourite <laughs> people to follow on yeah. on Strava because it's just it's so good to see just some of the big numbers that they throw out there. Like, do you follow Jack Rayner? I do. Jack Rayner's a really interesting bloke to to follow because he yeah. smacks out some <laughs> disgustingly good sessions as well. Yeah, no, they do. Those elite guys, it's really incredible. I'm actually just logging on to Kane's um 
uh, Strava account now. You can just see when he the injuries probably just started to get him because he's like averaging some really high 100-mile weeks there, you know, 160K weeks. And then you just look at his Strava graph and it gets to around July and you can see there's not much happening for a while there. So, like, if I go to one of these big ones here, It'd be interesting to have a look at, you know. So these, um, for those of you listening, we're looking at the, what are they, the, like the blue lines which yeah. resemble the, the distance that have been run. Per week. So are they, yeah. Okay, so these are weekly graphs here. These aren't daily. No, nah, so I've looked at what, a random week here. So June 10 to June 16, he's ran 174K for the week. Gee. Um, so does it, can, yeah. like, walk us through that week of training there. Like I'm really interested because that's a lot of running. Yeah. So I'm presuming this starts on a Monday. So it's like we've got, June. he's got, Two runs on the Monday. Oh, no, sorry, that's never mind. We'll start again here. Um, so we've got, you know, June 10 morning run, 14K. So is that the Monday? Yeah. Yeah. And then he's got a afternoon run of 9K. So 14 and 9? Yeah. Okay. Next day, he's got a session with 3 by 3K. Mm-hmm. And then that same afternoon, he's got 7.5K run. He's got, I think, midweek long run by the look of it, of 20K the next day. And then he's doubled, done another five and a half Jeez. that afternoon. He's got another, next day, another 10 and a half K, another double with a seven in the Arvo. Then he's got 7K in the morning, 14 in the Arvo. And then long run of 29K. And how, how fast was he doing that long run? Does it say where he did it? Cause, um, yeah, in Adelaide, so 4.13s for two hours. Just around the city. Yeah. Oh, looks like I don't know Adelaide that well, but just looking on the map, there's a bit of beach running along there. So it looks like he's starting in the CBD, finishing in Brighton, but not yeah. sure that means much to anyone like me, not from Adelaide. I'm <laughs> yeah. not that familiar. Because oh, I was living there in 2006 and we're yep. all the guys. That's, I was just curious to know because we used to run up at, um, I think it was called Belair National Park. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, was, I can see that now on the map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's some there's some pretty solid hills yeah. that Dan Matner and Adam used to, to take me up. Like it's no... For, for any Melbournians, Melbournians listening, it's it's nothing like Fernie in terms of how hard it is. Yeah. Uh, Fernie Creek. <clears throat> but um, there's enough there to, to say that a 29K in, how long did you say it was? Oh, just over two hours. Oh, but that's, yeah. that's just in Adelaide. Oh, yeah, looking at elevation yeah. gains, he hasn't done much there. But I think it's just, it's, it's really impressive to see someone just get sucked into the sport and obviously really enjoy it and have an understanding, I guess, which is quite nice, especially for such a high media profile as well that he's got. But yeah, that'd be a good interview. I'd be um, yeah, that'd be great. All right, yeah. make sure you write me down some questions. Yeah, I Anyone will. Listening, shoot, shoot some <laughs> as well. Um, actually, while we're on this, we we're talking before about how um, it'd be cool to it'd be cool to get a new segment on because I've I've got a new love for Strava. Yeah, um, and I know I know you're probably on it just as much as I am. Yeah, um, we want to we want to kickstart something called uh, session of the week. Yep. And it's not with the incentive of trying to get everyone to do what your mate at footy does and, and run three, three K times <laughs> or anything like that. Um, or and it's not gonna be based on how how fast you're doing them. Yeah. Um what I was thinking, and we'll sort of flesh it out as we as we go, yeah. Um, is we'll just we'll get uh, our listeners to submit um, send it through to uh, just send it through to me on Facebook or, or whatever, just Tyson Popplestone. Like, email it to me if you what's the best way to get people to send you stuff these I don't even know. You got an email address organized for this? Podcast yeah, or, well, you can send it to that. Send it to that. Yeah, it's always. info yeah. at relaxrunning.com. Yep. Um, yeah, so send it through there. Your best session of the week. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a chat to a few different brands, see if we can't organise some prizes to send out. And we, what I'll do, <laughs> what I'll do, I'll uh, before our next catch up in a fortnight or whenever it's gonna be. Yeah. I'll shoot you through a couple of sessions that people have sent through. Yeah. Um, and. You tell me what you reckon wins. I'll tell you what I reckon wins. Well, I want the people to tell us why it's impressive. Okay. So yeah. let's just say if you tell me I've been running for 10 weeks and I managed to do it for the first time, hit a monos fartlek where I jogged the recoveries. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Good. But just make sure we have a bit of context so we can judge in our opinion who we think is, uh, yeah, hit the most impressive workout for the week. Yeah. All right. I, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to overpromise and under deliver. <laughs> what, what is a good enough price? It'd be cool to get a pair of shoes or something from a, It'd be cool to get a pair of shoes, even if we could organise a voucher or or something. Because the problem with shoes too is organising sizes and and models. That's a good models. point. That's a good so point. I, maybe we could. We've talked about this about hitting up a few different brands. We've got a few contacts in the industry as well, and seeing if we could get a bit of a you know a bit of a voucher, we could send someone's way, which might you know all help. Sweet. 
Oh, no, that's good. I know yeah. some people who know some people. <laughs> so, <laughs> Might be a stretch, but you, you are good at talking. So. I'm good at what? You are good at talking. I thought you said I am good at stalking. I was going to say, that does not feel like a compliment. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. All right, yeah. so yeah, send that through. Uh, info at relaxrunning.com. Um, and if no one no one answers, I, I'll, I'll just take the uh, I'll take the voucher. Well, if I'm doing the talking, I'm taking the voucher. <laughs> <laughs> now, awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I, uh, you were... We were chatting in your lounge room before we hit record. Yep. A couple of little stories that are, are taking place, and I'm interested to hear your perspective on this. Yeah. Um, Mo Farah said goodbye to the marathon. Yeah, love it. Mm-hmm. I love it, but the more I think about it, it makes sense, but I'm, I'm still a bit unsure. So he's just, yeah, he's going to focus back on the track for the Tokyo Olympics. I just want to... Makes sense. I wanna, yeah, it does. I don't reckon... You're not a fan of Mo Farah, are you? Nah, not at all. Don't yeah. trust him. Interesting. Interesting. Not, what not, is it? Yep. not saying anything else other than I just don't trust him, which I think is a fair statement to, to, to make. Yeah. Yeah, just his progression makes no sense. Yeah. Just, you know, there's no logic to it. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so this, um, I don't know why I don't know why I paused to, to bring that up, but um, I just thought maybe the rest of this conversation might be slightly tainted. But I am interested to hear yeah. about why you like that move on his behalf. Um, he's going to be 37 cent at the start line of, of the 10k. Best case scenario, I think he's got a bronze medal in the in the um, in the marathon. I think clearly Kipchoge is ahead of him. Uh-huh. Peculiarly, if he holds it together, is ahead of him, and I think both of those guys will, barring injury. And I don't think he can get close to beating either of those two. And you know, you also know the risks in the marathon. Like he he bonked hard in his last one, ran 209 in Chicago on a day where everyone was going faster. Yeah. So I, um, it just makes sense. I think. When he was a track runner, he was unbeatable. Mm-hmm. No one was touching him. Yeah. And I look at the 10,000 right now, and I think traditionally, like it's a strong event. You've got Chapter Guy from Uganda, who's an absolute star. I'm not sure there's the, the depth that there has been in, in years past over 10K. Um, and I, I, I think he will go in as one of the favorites. Do you reckon, is there a chance he could I don't, take another yeah. win over 10K, in your opinion? Or he's 36. I'm not sure if that means he's going to be 37 when the Olympics are one and run next year. Um, I, I don't see why not. I, I really don't. I, um, you know, he's clearly fit. He's clearly been running a lot of miles recently with his marathon training. And if he could just sharpen up and, and try to get some of that, you know, pizzazz back, bit of the speed back, I think he's going to, yeah, I, I'd back him. So what, the last couple of years, pretty much since Rio. Yeah, I'm not sure he's run many, if any, track races. I, I, I'm sure there might have been a few in there, but I think he's purely been on the roads predominantly. Um, and he's been impressive without being a world beater. Mm-hmm. I don't think we look at Mo as a marathoner and say he's anywhere near the world's best versus those years ago, he was the world's best on yeah. the track. Well, so, based on yeah. his progression in the other areas, like I, I don't see why he's not backing himself to run 156. <laughs> it's a fair point. Before this time it is, this year. yeah. <laughs> it, it is quite crazy. Just his uh, speed over fifteen hundred and 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 whatnot. Who are you training with now? It's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously the Salazar issues. Because I reckon he split with Salazar a couple of years ago, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So I'm not. But then the, there was all those rumours about his Ethiopian training camps he was on, and yeah, yeah, some stuff there, which probably best not to go into too much detail. Yeah. For fear of lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's a lot of things there which I, I think raised a few eyebrows. But, um, yeah, I just I think it, it really gives some intrigue into the Olympic 10K. Mm-hmm. And I think it was lacking that because I think before this moment, I, you know, a lot of people who are fans in the sport, you could talk about the Olympic marathon. You could talk probably about the 1500 and even the 800. But I think the 10,000 lacked a bit of intrigue. And I, this certainly gives it that. Do you reckon Inga Britson will win the 1500? No. No, okay. No. Who, nowhere near. I know the audience can't that? see your face right now, but that <laughs> you seem very adamant about. Yeah, I do. I, I don't. He's not going to beat a bloke like Shalomar or something like that, do you think? Or No, I think he'll, that Kenyon will win it. I think he was, oh, again, I'm not, not like me to say stuff without really yeah, fact checking, sure. but I think yeah. he was undefeated over the 1500 mile this year, Chilino. So, Gee. Um, but and, and he did look, in fairness, didn't he? Like, yeah. I think maybe, maybe the reason I asked that question is because he's a young guy on the up, 
Speaking of progression, like yeah. it's been incredible to watch him since he's a 16-year-old kid it just has. fly through the ranks. And, and, and just the consistency, I think that's the, that's where that question came from because yep. I think you need to be a Willis or you need to be a, yep. um, a, a central. It's to be able to yeah. just rock up, know you can race, race well. I think uh, that's that's the next level for that a lot of athletes need to take when it comes to Olympic heats and finals. And I'm sick of caring too. I think they only care because he's white. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> He's from Norway, we're from Australia. I think there's no other intrigue into how his career is progressing other than the fact he's Caucasian, which that kind of shits me a bit, to be honest. Really? Absolutely. So I like the fact that we're talking about it based on – I think the reason it's it's so exciting is because there's just no – there's no gun real, – like, really, there's not really any gun white runners like him. I, I guess in my, of Africa. in my head it's, it's annoying that race is even an issue. I think let's just enjoy it for what it is. Like, you know, prior to his ban, I loved Asbel Kiprop. And, you know, I, I, I wanted him to do well. I liked the fact that he looked a bit funny. I liked the fact that he was just a weird unit and yeah. racing, he was all over the shop. But there were, you know, characters like that, I think, you know, we we need more of it. You know, I just think the sport needs more personalization into sort of getting to know the, you know, East African athletes. And oh, it, there's just something about it, just like, oh, you should care about this guy because of the color of his skin and the fact that he's not the norm. Ah, but I think yeah. it's, it's not even necessarily about the. I guess on the surface, like it is about the color of their skin. Yeah. But based on the fact that there are just, it seems that yeah. if you're going to take a hundred <clears throat> of the world's best athletes, especially over distance, yeah. you guess that maybe ninety percent of them are black or from or yeah, you African. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think what's exciting about it, it's not like um, it's not like oh, he's, he's white. This is really important. It's that oh my gosh, like there's something way out of the the norm yeah. just taking place here. Um, like. I can sort of get the hype about him, yeah. But I think from a like, if we're speaking about like a marketer's perspective and how marketable an athlete like that is, then it's like okay, like I even from a marketer's perspective, I kind of get it because of the fact I, I that get, I get it from marketing, and, and you can he makes me want to buy Nike. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think if you're you know if you're Nike and you had a you know let's just say a random twenty five year old Kenyan goes out and runs three thirty, right? Mm-hmm. Could happen. Yeah. Could, someone we've never heard of, a Kenyan, could go out and do that next year versus you've got, you know, one of the Inga Britson brothers. Oh, you know, you could just have a guess about what their wages would be in terms of sponsorship. And mm. and it, it would be highly weighted for the Caucasian athlete. And that's purely just because, obviously, they're not trying to sell, you know, the latest Nike Peg Turbos to some kid in, you know, Neldoret in Kenya. They're, they're selling them to the, the bulk of people in Europe. And I was America. just about to say, yeah. actually, as you were saying that, I was thinking probably because, um, yeah. well, I'm not sure, I've never been to Eldoret, but I know that in the West we're suckers for a good ad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. our, so much of our value, so much of our, <laughs> our self-worth comes from the shoes that we're running, yeah. or the cars that we're driving or, or whatever else. So yeah, you put a good-looking Norwegian bloke who's running fast in a pair of shoes that says, hey, maybe this will help you. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty easy to get sucked into it. Anyway, yeah, okay. So the the question was, can he win? No, you don't think oh, so. I mean, he could. If, no. if you're in the final, you can. Uh-huh. So I, I'm, I'm not sure he will. I think there's still oh, – it'd be impressive if he did. I'll put it that way. But Are if, we going to see Gregson get back into form before this time? How old, how old is Gregson now? I think he's 27. Yeah, so he's still, still got a few years left. I don't know. I feel like he's just at that one step below where you need to be to – and, and I, even looking at this year, like super impressive the amount of races that he ran. But I feel like, you know, I, I don't know if we'll see him run 331 again. It was nine years ago now. Yeah, it was nine years ago. And then it, 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 it's just, you know, reeks of a once-off gun performance. And, yeah, I hope we do. But then I look at Stu and I'm like, far out. If I'm putting money on one of those two blokes to run sub 330, it's not Gregson. mm just the we spoke about this with Stewie the other day. Just the consistency that he's shown over that distance. Yeah. Like you run it once, okay, well done. Yeah, you run it twice in the matter of a couple of weeks. You go, hang on a sec. Yeah, and remember he said to us like when he ran that three thirty one the yeah. second time, he had a massive trip. Could, I don't know. Do you remember where that race was? No, I don't. And I compare that though to uh, Gregson's national record in Monaco, where he just jumped on the train, finished towards the end, ran a national record. And I'll look at that, and that's perfect conditions lined up, essentially not even a race, it's mm. a time trial, especially at the part of the field where Gregson was. Still super impressive, but, yeah, you're right. Seeing um, McSwain do that, getting tripped up and not having the ideal race is is a – that's where I think. Why isn't a bloke like McSwain getting as much publicity as a bloke like Britton? Is it purely because of his age? 
Oh, I think so. I think marketability as well. I, I think I look at Mottram at the peak of his powers here in Australia. He was getting a bit of publicity. So Mottram is still that step above. Well, he had that big Mazungo documentary. Yeah. Like, that was pretty big in the front of every Sports Illustrated magazine in the country. Homecom games in Melbourne certainly oh, helped. Yeah. Melbourne media. Yeah. Because, like, obviously he was a talk of the town. That was in 06. So he won the World Champs from the year before. So the media cared. And it was a big story and it was building up for him and – and even like him getting tripped up in the fifteen hundred, oh. like it was good for the, it was good for his profile mm. because it was a story, and it was just like, did it cost him? And then the silver medal in the five k, which is one of the most unbelievable races. I ever. can't wait to talk to him about this when we get. <laughs> he still hasn't responded. To <laughs> uh, you're doing all right if you got his number, I guess. But um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I think you just need to try to get that profile. I don't know how. I don't know if you need to have that level of chasing the media attention to get it. Like, I'm not sure. It'll just come to Stewie naturally. I'm not sure the, the new Herald Sun's going to come knocking at his door. Yeah. So I don't know if you need to sort of yeah get in the front foot with that. All right. I'm I'm yeah considering a transition to being an agent because I want to see Stewie get all the attention in the world. Yeah. He's just that mate. He's a freak. Anyway. Yeah, right. he is. And I, yeah, he's got every. He should be a national record holder almost from everything. Fifteen hundred. Well, 10. that's why I mean. I'm really yeah. I'm really excited to watch next season. I'm really excited to watch his progression next season because I reckon Olympic yeah. Honestly, and uh, he it'd be his first Olympics. Yep. He seems to. I reckon he's had enough time at the big league now where he's comfortable. Um, yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't seem to. He doesn't seem intimidated when he races. He's no. Happy to put it to the guys. Um, obviously, an incredible talent with a range of speed. We didn't ask. Is he running Zadapek in a couple of weeks? Don't know. Probably a question we should have asked. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the um, AV releases those start list really soon. That is a question that would have been really interesting to ask. AV's website, notoriously unhelpful oh. in trying to figure out who's actually running in the premier event of our oh sport. Um, I'm still trying to find results from like my last <laughs> race, which was in 2012. I can't, I can't figure out where um, If there's any IT guys out there, like give them a hand because it's a rubbish website. You're going to go and watch that event? Well, I don't know. I don't. Did you live like 10 minutes away from Yeah, I know. But it's like they've got a live stream. And it's, <laughs> actually, it's at yeah, Box Hill yeah. this year. You know what? Maybe what will get me down there is because it's just, I, find it, <clears throat> I don't find it exciting. I reckon Lakeside Stadium, I've been there a couple of times. The exciting part is with a lap to go when yeah. everyone gets on the track. Yeah. Um, that, and there's a little bit of atmosphere. Yeah. Box Hill is a little bit more enclosed. It's a nice track. I ran my 1,500-meter PB there and yep. always enjoyed racing because it just seemed that it – from my experience, it has better it has better conditions than than what I reckon a, a track like Lakeside does. We should um, we should both go and try to almost sneak a few uh, little quotes from people at the end and maybe compile them together for a bit of a podcast or something. Well, I'm actually here's what out. I'm thinking. What I want to do, um, and I'm not sure whether we do this um, after the fact or yep. whether we do it over over live stream. I reckon it'd be cool for me, you, maybe Jocker, to sit down with a microphone with the main events in front of us and just. You know, Joe Rogan does it with the MMA. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. It's cool to listen to. And I, I, it'd be interesting just to yeah, chat about. And so people can call bullcrap to our rubbish calls. and Melbourne Track Classic would be a good event to do that. When's that? Like, well, it's in Feb. That would be a good So one. they typically have a really strong 5K there. Okay. And um, I think that might lend it a bit more better. It's a bit of live commentary versus a 10K. Let's... But yeah, I feel like AV. I'm sorry, I just bagged your website. Um, it, it's got potential. It can get yeah. so much better. Let's we, contact AV. We might and, need to, yeah, and say because uh, <laughs> uh, I reckon it'd be cool to get a, a cool little room down there. Yeah, just set up the computer, set up the mic, me, you, Jocker, um, just chat it out, not commentate, yeah. but just talk about the events. Who's yeah. going to win? Why they're going to win? Yeah. who's looking good during the races? Do they have commentary on those live streams at the moment? Do they supply their own, or is that uh, something open? Yeah, to- they've got. Some of them have commentary, yeah. and um, so even if we just got permission to have an alternative, alternate, you know, um, audio sort of uh, thing happening there, it might be, yeah, might be worthwhile. I'd like to go to Zadapek though. I think that would be good to see. And I don't know I, what the ten k. Like, yeah, what you're interested in. I, I'm almost at the stage where I clearly love this sport. Yet I'm like you sometimes, like oh, well, it's a live stream event. I think we've got to start putting our money where our mouths are. Mm. And you know, like we care about the sport. Clearly, we're sitting here on a Sunday afternoon talking about it for mm. an hour. Um, I think we almost—you just need to get out there and do it. And regardless of if there's, it's a bit of a hassle to get to, or it's not the best, best, um, not at the best venue. Because, um, yeah, there's a lot of opinions in this sport, but I think what's going to help really improve the profile is just bums on seats, people in the crowd. Mm. You know, 
But I think, you know, you've almost got to, I think I've, my my goal is to sort of get myself down to a few more events. Go down and see Steigen Spectacular in Geelong. Go to Zatapec. That'll be good. When's yeah. Steigen? A couple of weeks uh, before? It's, it's real close to Christmas, I think. I think, okay. it's, I think it's a week Can after. Can you come down Yeah. So I'll have a look. That's down in Geelong, and I think they've got a really good atmosphere down there. They've licensed it out, so you can get some beers. You can sit on the track. Landy Field in Geelong is really friendly for that because there's no barriers around, so you can just sit in the nice grassy hills, get a good view. Good time of the year. Hopefully the weather improves and the drabby Melbourne. It literally, just as you said that, yeah, it started on, to rain. On cue, the, the rain comes down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I, yeah, my goal is just to sort of be a bit more of a present fan of the sport and, yeah, just actually start supporting it that way. Yeah, I think and it's so much – it's easy to talk about this when you're not at the track and you've got nothing to do with yeah. organising it. But I think one area that needs to be improved is just the speed at which the events take place. Yeah, for sure. Because it doesn't need to be a five-hour night or a four-hour night or whatever it is. No. I think uh, last time – I remember I raced um, – I raced the Zeta Peak 1500 in, like, I think it was, like, 2010 or 11. Yeah, and I remember I was I was we're getting we're warming up. I'd done my warm up. I'd done my strides. We were about to get on the start list. I said, "Sorry guys, the event's been delayed forty minutes." Yeah, and it was okay. It was rubbish for the athletes as well. Yeah, but from a spectator point of view, I had my family in the audience who who were there to yeah. watch a race. They anticipate they don't ever come to athletics. Yeah, and to leave after that, it's boring. Like, who wants to sit there for thirty minutes watching a sport you don't care about? You're just there because you're yeah. watching your son or your daughter have a race. Yeah, um, I think it'd be. I wasn't at Nitro, but Nitro looked like it, it was like a an action-packed yeah. kind of night. So it'd be great to somehow try and figure out how can we eliminate the crap, uh, like the, the yeah. dregs of the of the night, and go, all right, like what are the main races? How can we get them going? Like bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And uh, there definitely has to be a place. Like for, for me and you sitting here talking, we don't really care about field events. Mm. So but there's obviously a place for field events on, on most athletic schedules, so whatever they are. It is just about making sure potentially they start at the start of the night and it timing them to sort of come to a conclusion when the main event's on as well, the main race or whatever's the strongest event that night. Um, you're right. There's no, There shouldn't be any gaps in between events. It should just be get it done. Um, and that could still be over a two-hour night. Mm. But, you know, have a few presentations. Well, two hours is nothing. No, it's two not. Two hours is great. It's got to be comparable to a, a game of footy or soccer or, you know, you're done in two hours, you get out of there, but there was a lot happening. Mm. Yeah, because there's been events like that where I've been to and you sort of look at the timetable and you're like, all right, well, the first race was at 5.30, but I'm not going to bother rocking up till 7.45 because, you know, and they just do need to figure out how to just make me want to be there from the first minute. Yeah. And then make me want to also be there at the last minute. Because then what happens is the crowd looks better. Because the other problem with a transient crowd is, is you might have people that stay for the first hour and a half, people only coming for the last hour. Yeah. You look at the stands, they look empty. But the reality is, it's been true. so it's many people point. floating in yeah, and out. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like, and it, it's good. It looks better. And I know it's a little bit irrelevant, but the atmosphere it creates, it, you know, looks good on TV. Yeah. And there is, like, people like track and field. No matter what anyone says, it's when the Olympics are on, people are going to sit in their lounge room and watch the men's 100. They'll mm-hmm. watch the mile. They'll watch the 4 by 4 which is usually the last one of the last events. Yeah. They will watch it. So it's just about packaging that. And I'm telling you right now, if I'm watching an event, unless you say it's a completely random sport, but if I flick on TV or KO and there's a sport and there's no one in the stands, I immediately think, oh, this must be very good. Yes. Uh, my mind is immediately, well, why aren't people watching it? Is this just like a, you know, nothing special? And, and I think people have that mentality. And so we just need to figure out how to get people in. It's so true. It's so, it's a real value for people's time, I yeah. think, as well. I was at a, I think I mentioned this to you before. I was at a wedding on the weekend, and it was such a good wedding. Here's yeah. Right. Um, it's, the wedding started at 6 o'clock. Yeah. Right? So we're at the Mercedes Centre in Melbourne. Yeah. Wedding started at 6, the ceremony. It was done by 6.20. And then it immediately turned into the reception. Yeah. Like there was no, all right, guys, go kill time for four hours. Yeah. And everyone has to make awkward conversations yeah. with people they can't bother talking to. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're, we had a couple of wines, we had a couple of beers. The ceremony stage turns into the dance floor like that. Yeah. And uh, people are raving about it. I would be the same with athletics. Yeah. Get rid of the crap, keep it short, keep it sharp, bang. All right, athletics is a beautiful sport. <laughs> well, it is a beautiful sport. Yeah. It, it, it is. And uh, yeah, people just need to see that. And. Oh, we we just need to lead. We need to lead by example. We need to be the 
Wait, you're the you're the ringleader. I'm following. Yeah, you. you've convinced me. Like, you know, go there. They need to get you know make it accessible for fans. And I don't know. There's got to be stuff. I've heard people talk about you know turning it into a bit of a uh, bookmakers event. Like I know that opens up a few issues. In yeah. terms of that. But like you know maybe having like you go to the races and you you know you see the bookies there and you get a beer and you can have a punt. And I know they have that at the pro events. How confusing is that actually for the average punter? This is <laughs> professional racing, and you're watching a bunch of. I won't be that derogatory towards them, but like you know, they're not exactly the cream of the crop, are yeah. they? And um, yeah, I think the atmosphere. You have a store gift. The atmosphere is great. My like, dad loves a bit. If there yeah. was betting on an athletics, they'd be paying a lot more attention to. Well, I think you would love a bet if you could actually actively bet on athletics because we'd have a bit of inside knowledge and we would be comfortable in, you know putting some money where our mouths, you know, mouths are and actually trying to make a little bit. Like, I know a lot of mates. Every Olympics world champs, they'll put a couple of hundred on and most of them do pretty well because they've got that knowledge. Yeah. And the bookies don't because the general public don't know. It's so true. It's so <laughs> yeah, true. It's, you um, have, and you'd have to hype up the name. So you can't be called right, like oh, Tyson Popplestone. <laughs> Once you pop, you can't stop. Because that's, a, that's a lie. And also... A, um, a uh, uh, far more catchy name, yeah. But you're right. It'd yeah. be um, it'd be a lot more, a lot more incentive for people, and people are betting anyway. It's oh, all yeah. good. And, uh, anyway, oh, yeah. But um, and gambling, it might not be the answer, but like the answer is just you know, you know, how many thousands of registered AV members are there? Mm. So let's just, I, don't, I, I wouldn't know, but they'd, what there'd be tens of thousands of registered AV athletes Victoria members just in our state. Yeah. So why, why can't we get 10,000 to a, to a Zatapaka or a Melbourne Track Classic? Well, you've just inspired me. This is what we're going to do. What are we doing? We're going to have – this is um, – we'll start with me, me, you, Jocker. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Let's, I don't know if we have 25 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever. <laughs> Let's have our own little betting room yeah. to make these athletic things a lot more easy. And we'll, we'll do our tips on certain races for Zatapak. So maybe what we'll do... So I'm the bookie and I'm a dodgy bookie. What I was going to say, let's be careful we're not breaking any bookmaking laws here. But what, ah, correct. What we what we could do yes. is if we get... This is why I love you. I didn't even know there might have been a bookie. So let's get a Betfair account or let's get something running. Let's mm-hmm. find out what the um, what the actual licensed bookies are yeah. doing. And we could have our tips. We could put our value mark markets in there and actually we could um even maybe we put 50 bucks down each and we could have a bit of a comp who could turn 50 into the biggest amount with a single track and field event like come olympics next year be quite fun we all started with 50 yes strategically placed our bets and see at the last event beautiful who has the most we could even donate a little bit of the profits if we wanted we could donate i'm going to keep 50 percent, but maybe i'll donate 50 percent to a charity of choice yeah yeah, uh, or like you could keep 100%. <laughs> I was trying to be a good point there, Tyson. <laughs> I know you were, but I just want to be honest with our audience. <laughs> just joking. No, we'll suss that out. We were, yeah. We were something. All right, sweet. Maybe that won't happen. I don't want to break any rules, but this is why I love you, Matty Williams. Thanks for keeping me on my toes. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we before we get out of here? Oh, I think we've got it all covered, really. We talked about Mo quitting the marathon, going down back to the track again. Yes. We've talked about the local scene a little bit there. You're weak. I'm just trotting along, not much more to really um, really add there, and I think we're, yeah. Thanks for having me in your kitchen. No, you're welcome. It's a nice kitchen, isn't it? That's no, good. We've finished with opening a, a gambling account. <laughs> I don't think I've ever put money down in my life. Have you ever been to the races before? You've had yeah, a there, you? but you guys covered me because that was my bucks. Yeah. Remember? And I was so dirty with myself for losing the money that could have been doubled. I turned five bucks into 179 that day. See, that's yeah. why you left with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up just leaving the races, looking at the ground, trying to find money on the floor. Mate, I was watching, I was listening to SEN on the way up, and they had Doctor Turf, he's one of the racing experts. He's like, "These are your tips for the day." Pulled over, nearly caused like a ten car fire. <laughs> I wrote down every tip, and I just followed his tips. What that day? That day, really? And I turned five into one hundred seventy nine. Why didn't you show me the list? <laughs> I wanted, I, wanted, I wanted you boys to think I was knowledgeable, but the reality was I was just like, holy shit, thank you for this, SEM. <laughs> um, awesome, brother. No, that was really good. That was good. Yeah. Hey, nice change of scenery. Thanks for having me. No, thank you, guys. All right, bro. See you soon. See ya. See you, guys.